Dr. Phil Howard. We know what it looks like to grow up physically, but what about spiritually? Well, here today on Truth For Today, we continue our series on growing up spiritually. It's time to grow up. We're looking at 1 Peter chapter 4 today, verses 7 through 11, a message that our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard, has entitled Practical Words for Perilous Times. And again, all part of our series on growing up. What does it look like to be spiritually mature? Well, join us today and find out. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our teacher and pastor now. Here's Pastor Phil Howard. It's time to grow up and it's time to know how to act when the end is upon us. The New Testament writers kept saying the end was any moment. The phrase is used of we're living on the edge of eternity. Christ can come any moment. You can die any moment. John said in 1 John, we're living in the last kind of hour. So we've been in living in the last hour for 2,000 years. Uh, because you never know when Christ may step through the door and it's all over. Now, you're not aware of that, especially if you're young. You think you're going to live forever. Uh, and as you get older, you just hope you don't live forever. <laughs> not in the condition you're in. Uh, If there's a change, okay, but I'm tired of medication, tired of coping with all the aches and pains of age. But it's a phrase, the end of all things is near. How do you take it? Is that pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, pre-millennial, all-millennial? It doesn't matter what prophetic view you've got. The end of all things is nigh. It's any moment. It doesn't matter what your view is. Well, what should I do then? Being gone uh, this last week, when you're in a hotel, you watch more TV than you need. We watch the news in the morning, you know. We'd watch it in the evening, CNN, uh, Fox. And, uh, you know, that makes you so positive. (laughs) It it just breeds faith, breeds hope. No, I know everything I want to know about the Malaysia airline. I know everything I want to know about the insane former KGB dictator Putin and uh, that can take Ukraine, the whole nation, in a moment because Europe didn't have the guts to fight him. The Russians are fighters. Europe is counting money. Russia is counting troops. They're ready to fight. You better be sure you want to fight if you're going to take on Russia because they are a bear. They are a fighter. So I've heard all about that, Putin. I know all about the border in Texas. Uh, I know all about the bombing of Israel and how the news keeps down. Israel's got to do something, got to do something. What would America do if 140 rockets a day were shot upon us? Would someone tell us to be more patient? And the whole world community tells Israel, oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Uh, put up. Give them more time. What do you mean give them more time? What's Hamas doing over there in Gaza anyway? The nations are in a turmoil, and they will get worse and worse and worse and worse. And what should you do? Chew your nails and order some Valium? 
We're in the end times. We're in the end times. We're in the end times. So what? We've been in there for 2,000 years. I got saved being afraid of the end times because in 1958, Suez Canal, Russia was going to go on Egypt's side. I was staying with my brother Paul. I was scared to death of Henry Cabot Lodge, being on the UN, trying to go say to peace. I knew they were going to push the rockets. I knew Russia was going to fire. I thought the United States would. I was scared to death because I grew up around uh, a dad that loved prophecy. So prophecy, as a boy, scared to death, grew up in Richmond with training all of my life, air raids, get under your desk, this is a war town, get ready, the enemy's coming. Did any of you ever do that at Nystrom? Did you ever get under your desk? Well, that's, Richmond was a war town. It's a different kind of war now. How should we then live if it is all about to end when Jesus comes and when you die, however your end is going to come, how should we be uh, living in light of the end? Dig a better fallout shelter? What you need to do is vote Republican. That'll end this. I'm ready to start my own party. I don't like any of them as a whole. Hardly none of them up there voting what I want to vote. Huh? I'm glad it's not Nero. They still haven't decided to kill us. But they don't want us in the public square. So the times are changing. The winds are blowing. How in the world should I behave? Three things we want to look at in Peter. We need to keep our head, keep our heart, and employ our body. We need to keep our head, keep our head in perilous times, because you can think crazy thoughts when you're under fire. Two, keep your heart. What should you be doing in these days when everything is so wicked and bad? How should we be directing our heart? And thirdly, how are we employed? What are you doing with yourself in the midst of it? Let's take, first of all, let's keep a clear head. And he gives three uh, comparisons here. First of all, you ought to be sound-minded. And the word there means a cool-headed. Be cool-headed. Be under control of your mind. Uh, you get a man under fire. You get bullets being shot. Uh, when you're on the front line, uh, you can fall apart if you had had training. What do I do under fire? How do I respond? I want to lift my head. I want to run. All kinds of thoughts that soldier has to learn. i got to keep my head. I've got to keep my cool when we're under attack. And here Peter is saying, be sure you keep your head. Be sure you think right. How you think will determine how you behave. Thinking precedes behavior normally. And then he says, uh, and be sober-minded. The word sober-minded is much easier because it literally comes from the word, don't be intoxicated. Don't be intoxicated. In uh, other words, don't be acting under undue influences. Be careful about what's influencing your mind. What is shaping the way you think today? 
Uh, is it the latest uh, news, sitcom, book, philosophy? Ah, hey, uh, maybe you ought to buy a fifth. That really influences you. I just saw, read an article in the paper about the 51-year-old executive at Google. I would think a Google executive would be a little brainy. But when he had a call girl at 51 shoot him up, in seven minutes he was dead. Doesn't matter how many millions of stock he had in Google, he's dead. He was first under the influence of a call girl, then he was under the influence of a drug that killed him. What kind of influence you've been driving under? I'm more concerned not how you drive, but how you live. Who's influencing you? Is it booze? Is it pornography? Uh, is it money? What, what, what influence? Keep your head. You're in the end times. You're just a vapor that can drop off this planet any moment, or Jesus will come any moment. Anywhere you go, we're people that live on the edge of eternity. What influences are shaping the way you live? And he said, I'm telling you, in the end times, you've got to keep a clear head. Your adversary's prowling about. He wants to devour you. And he says, Peter says in 5, be alert. Be vigilant. Be, keep your mind engaged. Quit being a dummy in perilous times. Quit being stupid in your behavior. Watch what you let influence you. The movies, the papers, the people, the relationships. Be careful who's influencing the way you think. For how you think is how you'll act, and how you act is how you'll pay or be rewarded. Keep your head straight. That's why you ought to put something in it besides negative material or material that will warp you. Are you putting anything positive in this marvelous, marvelous mechanism called a brain? How are you thinking? Two, he said, uh, you need to be careful after the mind. He, I, oh, I have to say this. The third, be, be first of all, sound-minded. Be sober-minded. Then be vertically-minded. And by that, that's prayers, your prayers. He said, so that your mind is clear, so that you can pray right. Isn't it interesting when you don't think right, you can't pray right? I mean, you, you, you're worried, let's say, or you're fretful, or you're down. Let's say, for instance, I, I mean, I've had a week, practically the week before, of too much news. I thank God I don't watch CNN very much. Nor Fox. I mean, Hannity, I've heard you enough. What else you got to say? That's my diet. Is there any word for today? Any word? And he said, unless I'm thinking right, I won't pray right. What shapes my mind? And, and here's a typical thing today. If I just picked on prayer, I, if I just ask you, just rhetorically, and I said, how is your prayer life? And, and all of a sudden, people, ooh. They, then they go into prayer. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, God. I don't want to see my face. But I'm not even preaching on prayer. But if I just said, how is your prayer life? Your prayer life is no better than your thought life. You can't be looking at pornography and want to pray. You can't be full of negativity and want to pray. 
You can't be living on the American dream that we're working more hours, 50 to 60. Europe croaks. They make it on 30 hours because they believe in vacation. But Americans are working longer, working more hours. We're the fast, fast, busy, busy. I'm too busy to pray. That's a mental state. Did you know what? You don't have any more hours in a day than I do. The president doesn't have any more. You can have more money, less money, but you don't have more time. We got this right now before us. However many minutes God's going to let us live today, no person gets more time. They may get more years, but I'm talking about right now. Today, what you do in a 24-hour period, you don't have more time than I've got. You may get something done. I may not. But the time equation, it's a priceless thing. You may get more money. You may not get more time. What do you need more money for if you don't have more time? David's got a joke. He's got, carries on with one of our friends in the church. What are you going to do with all that money? Buy an iron lung? If you get all the money you can stand and your time runs out, uh, in the ICU department, it says, you know what? You just, your 401k just topped 2 million. And according to the doctor, you've got 20 minutes to live. You can't manufacture more time. Sorry. When God said it's over, it's over. Whether Jesus comes or you die, your end is near. Your end is near. So, keep your head clear. And if you're thinking right, you'll have a prayer life. Because you'll know how severe the times are. How much real help you really have in God. The only real source of help we, we need to get for our community, for our marriages, for our children. It only comes from above. So, you've got to talk to Him. You've got to take it to Him. And it's just a resource that, and a relationship that unless you have time for it, you can never draw on what all he has to give you. Second, you've got to guard your heart and watch your heart in perilous times. Listen to what he says. He says that uh, you need to keep a loving heart. We pick up. Above all, top priority, first First of all, first of all, keep loving one another. That's number one. Now you say, good night. How many times does God have to say it? Is God stuttering in the Bible? Love one another. Love one another. I got it. I heard it. Don't say it again. Why do you tell your child to do something ten times? They didn't do it. Why does God keep us telling us love one another? Because, well, I got that down. No, you know what to do, but you haven't done it yet. That's why he keeps telling us. I don't think any parent likes to say, I'm going to tell you for the fifth time. My brothers are here. We know we got one instruction. If you got that, that was a bonus. After that, my mother would yell. My dad would say, I don't yell. You do. Mama yells. I want to make you yell. You got this? Read my lips one time. And God says, when I say it over and over and over and over and over, number one, I mean it. Number two, do you hear me? 
And are you going to do it? Now, he says, we ought to love one another. And, you know, if you're Christian, oh, we, yeah, we know that. But the old song said, but show me someone who's, who's doing it. Well, how do you want me to love, Lord? Two ways. Two, this isn't sloppy agape, gooey, gooey. This kind of love. No, I just love you. Can't wait till you leave here so I can talk about you. No, no. What, what kind of love is this? Two, positive and a negative. The positive is love each other earnestly. And the word earnest here is a word that was used of an athlete, and it's kind of he's in the blocks. And right here, your calves, right there, it was the picture that the muscles were taunt. And he's getting ready to run, so it's like that. He's engaged. He's ready for that uh, buzzer to go, whatever. I'm ready. I'm in full. I'm ready. Boom. And he's gone. It was used of a horse in a full gallop. The muscles. You know, have you ever seen these pictures of these horses? Magnificent horses. And it seems like every muscle is taunt as they're running. And they're running. It's that word. In the Gospels, it was used of Jesus. And I believe about eight times, this is how it was translated when it was used of Jesus. He stretched out his hand and healed him. He stretched out his hand. The word stretch is the word. He stretched out and touched him. About eight times. He stretched out. So what Peter is saying is, I want you to have the kind of love that will stretch itself. I was thinking this morning, is love ever passive? Or is it something that stretches out? It means effort. It means everything you got. And we're not used to that kind of love. You see, Hollywood makes a living off of creating an artificial kind of love. It's created a lust, one moment. Uh, uh, I'm caught up in the fever of it. Uh, The ambiance is right. The mood is right. Uh, I might be married or not, but when you get caught in this mood, uh, it's over. It doesn't matter if you're married, if you're not married. uh, You just got to do it. And it's usually lust. It's usually sex. Because what's the difference between love and lust? I don't think our culture knows. I don't think our kids do. Uh, Because when a girl is told, you put out or you don't go out. You put out or we don't go out. You know that when the guy asks you to go with you. I'm not, I'm not buying you a hamburger and you're not giving me sex. That's just the understood uh, culture we're living in. Boys are wearing condoms now, fifth grade, they say. They now hand them out to fifth graders. Just read an article on it. Sex-crazed culture with more divorce, more abused women, more sex trade, and more uh, denigration of women, more women called a hoe than ever in our history. And I love you, baby. No, you don't. You want to use me. Because love uh, puts the other first. Lust puts me first. Love was sacrificed for the object. Lust, no sacrifice. 
I want to use you. If you get pregnant, if you get diseased, if you get sick, too bad, babe. Uh, love lasts. Lust is temporary. And it's amazing how Hollywood can create these uh, incredible romantic uh, scenes. And it can all just happen in a moment. And it's so romantic, it's way up there, and people get on the web, and they start talking to other people, they start have fantasies, uh, they start going up to fantasy sex, all of this, and all in the name of love, and then this is what may happen. They may get married. More shack up than get married anymore. But if they get married, here is the world's biggest letdown. And you'll get couples like this. I'll be married a couple years. And, and, and they're thinking, if they don't say, say, that old fever has just evaporated. That, that, that spark we had seemed to be uh, ashes. Baby, we had it going. We had such chemistry. And now I can't even see a sparkle in your eye. What, what, where, what's happened to you? I don't feel in love anymore. I've had people call me on their honeymoon and say, you know what? It's not going good. I had a man call me. He says, I think I married the wrong woman. I don't know if I'm in the will of God. I said, well, it's the will of God now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm God's will. Oh, you sleeping with that girl? Yeah, you just said that. Yeah, yeah, it's God's will. <laughs> yeah, get over it. Oh, that feeling's kind of... <laughs> Because you get married, and I wrote just uh, why marital love can get to be a drag. Get this. We just don't have those highs like we used to have. Well, one thing, you may not be high. <laughs> you may have got saved. And you'll hear him say, I think we've fallen out of love with each other. Why? Well, I'm, I'm looking for another one. Really? I wonder why you fall out of love when, if you're married, let's say, within the first five years, and let's say you've got, let's just suppose you have a couple of children. That's not unheard of, is it? Many girls are pregnant when they get married, so the baby's immediate. And you just say, you know what? In the midst of doing the wash... Saving two to three children, holding a 45-hour-a-week job, keeping up the house, trying to fix gourmet meals at McDonald's, <laughs> taking the kids to all the sporting events, and then I fall into the bed where the war's still undone, the bills are still due, and I'm exhausted, and all of a sudden I say, I don't feel like I'm in love. Why, no, honey, you ought to feel exhausted. I mean, we're overworking women to death in our culture. They're working 50 to 55 hours. They got to be a sex kitten in the uh, bedroom. They got to be a gourmet cook in the kitchen. Uh, they got to be this and that. I just uh, say, say, meet Mrs. Haggard. Well, to be sure, God has called us to live out what He has put in us, to be doers of the Word. Our series is called It's Time to Grow Up. 
And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We thank you for spending time with us today, and we'll leave you with our address and phone number in the event you would like to contact us. In fact, we would ask you to take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can do so. Simply call us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Another way to reach out to us would be to stop by our website and drop us an email, valleybible.org. Now, we do have a lot of other resource materials available there, as well as a lot of information about who we are and what we believe. You'll find it all again at valleybible.org. And then finally, if you'd really like to let us know how the program is encouraging you, the best way would be to do so in person. Our service times here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules are at 9 and 11. Directions can be found on our website, valleybible.org, or by simply calling 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. For a copy of today's program, simply mention today's date. We'll send a copy out to you just for asking. If you'd like the entire five-CD set that today's program was taken from, for a donation of $10 or more, we'll send it your way. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest, 855-833-9864. We do trust we'll hear from you soon and look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 